2: Chris and the guys at Greenview Construction LLC are a firm offering professional services in design and of course, construction and they are proud to announce that they've completed design and 3D renderings for two-spec home models located in the Jupiter and Palm Beach Gardens area, sitting on over one-acre lots. Now, they've got four lots available for these model homes. The first is a British West Indies model style, totaling just over 4,500 square foot, air-conditioned space, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, and they boast 16-foot ceilings in some areas. The second, more traditional style home, 3,100 square foot, air-conditioned space, four bedrooms, and four baths. they boast 14-foot ceilings in some areas. Both models will have a free-flowing layouts that connect the kitchen, the family room, living room, library, I mean, library a den and outdoor lanai and both models will have an option to add a detached in-law suite if you really want the in-laws to move in and a garage totaling an additional 1000 square foot you can visit chris and the team online at www.greenviewconstruction.com you can email chris tyson that's c tyson as in mike tyson c tyson at greenviewconstruction.com or you can call 561-727-5013 they're also on facebook They're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. Just look for Greenview Construction. And if that wasn't enough, they have an appointment-only showroom at 715 Commerce Way West, Suite 14 in Jupiter, Florida.
1: Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage? Looking for a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free water cleanup of florida is also a licensed building contractor so they provide the a to z service one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require there's no need to bring in other contractors they will handle it all for you call or text them anytime at 561-408-7835 for immediate assistance the number again 561-408-7835 water cleanup of Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections and if you're correct you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5 that's F-I-V-E 5 and receive a 100% instant deposit match Up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today.
2: Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts,
3: Chris, Alf, and Simon.
1: And we're on. Welcome to another edition of 3 Yards Per Carry, I'm Alfredo Tiaga. Chris Kaufman is here. Simon Clancy is not because he's in Colombia colombia yeah he's on vacation
3: chris that guy travels more than anybody i ever see these europeans actually work or i don't think so right i mean no i mean well, well to be fair he he was in croatia for work which i didn't he, oh he was oh yeah. okay yeah so uh i didn't i didn't realize that i thought he was there on like holiday or something and uh nope he was there for work this
1: is an actual vacation yeah that's nice uh colombia is nice uh or colombia it has to be colombia if you say Col- if you say colombia in front of somebody from colombia they'll they'll correct they'll look well at now you. that
3: now that my alternate personality is going to colombia i've got to uh I've you got just to said it my-
1: you said colombia stop saying yeah. that it's colombia
3: well, i tried I've got try. to work on it. I've got to work on it, Alf. Like, okay, especially tr- since try it, My try alternate it. personality is uh, very is simple. Going down there for a holiday. So do I you know have how to, to say I have to do... work on this.
1: All right. Do you know how to say colon?
3: I know how to say colon.
1: All right. Take away the N and put an M and then put Bia after it. And you got it. Columbia. Nailed it. First Woo! try. You saw that? I that's gotta a professional do I gotta call. do,
3: I gotta do an ad read. Now you
1: see that's a professional. Folks. Let's
3: use this. Let's use this momentum. Let's do an ad read. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Do you know Do you know about our great sponsor, Manscaped? Do you know the promo code? I
3: do know. Wait, is, is the promo code 5RSN?
1: Yes. And do you know what you get with that promo code? A lot of free shit. Basically. Uh, you get it in value because you get 20% off your entire order. Yes. If you get the, the Lawnmower 3.0. They might be up to the 4.0 eventually. They might be there now.
3: I can't wait for the 4. I can't wait for the 4.0 to come out if it hasn't already come out and then, in which case I can't wait for the 5.0 to come out.
1: Yeah, well the last one had a, had an LED light. I'm looking forward for, for the one with the thermal scope. The LED light is so convenient. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Yes it is. <laughs> Uh, of course it is of course it is like, like they you know you think these people just sat in a room designing this thing and and just said put an led light on it you know it makes it look tactical you know for the tactical crowd no no they they know what they're doing you know i, I mean because the, whole, necessary. The, whole,
3: the whole adventure down there has to be pretty tactical i mean
1: if you <laughs> if you know <laughs> I'm yeah I mean. i'm waiting for the one with the thermal scope so that way you could you could just do, use it in the dark. thermal scope yeah you know, that'd be awesome. But let, of course. Get,
3: as long as they don't put a
1: black light on it. No, no, no. You cannot. Don't <laughs> do that. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I could do a read for that. But again, 5R is send, 20% off your entire order. You spent $100. Guess what? My math tells me you save 20 Which means that instead of spending 100 you spent $80. would not you use our promo code to do that? Absolutely. That's like putting $20 directly into your account. Exactly. So use the promo code 5RSN. We get credit for it. Do it. Of course, we are also sponsored by Better Edge. that use betteredge.com slash the number five reasons and you get 20 bucks. Simple as that. You sign up with them. They give you $20. All and right. And let's be
3: clear. Let's be clear about that. That is Bettor Edge, right? Yes.
1: Not better. Okay. It's Bettor Edge.
3: It's Bettor Edge. Better All with right. Bettor.
1: All right, Chris. Uh, I spent my afternoon with Mike McDaniel taking selfie- selfies and enjoying the the South Florida sun. What were you doing?
3: I I enjoyed the afternoon taking selfies of of myself, not in the sun. Okay. And, yeah, because that's just you know it, it's for it's for our OnlyFans.
1: Oh, well yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I
3: mean OnlyFans, of course. Only, yes. only fans. yeah.
1: And speaking of OnlyFans, you can join OnlyFans. Okay. For $3 a month. And you're going to get all these reports. You're going to get us. You're going to get your own patron chat where you could go back and forth with other like minded Dolphin fans. Go to our pinned tweet on our three years per carry Twitter account and it's all there. All right. You know yeah. what, You know, I, that,
3: that just reminded me of the time I did actually, I did actually take like a Snapchat filtered, like thirst picture and put it on OnlyFans. Like I think it was I think we'd only been doing OnlyFans for like like a, a couple of weeks or something like that. And I was just like, hey. <laughs> people people will have to search for that one. That's um they'll probably find yeah. We're in yeah. trouble now. I'm gonna actually i to I'm gonna, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to delete. <laughs> I'm the god of the server. I'm gonna delete that post.
1: Yeah, yeah. You wanna uh, Let's see. I'm going to test you. I'm going to quiz you on something. You ready? Yeah. I was witness to a depth chart, and I saw... Did you say depth chart? No, depth chart. Depth chart. Okay. That's much different. I was witness to a depth chart that Mm -hmm. had Mike Gusecki, and it said FP next to it, and I stared at it for over two minutes, not figuring out what it was. Then I finally did figure it out. What does that mean? FP? is it Like, as in his position? Position? No, it's just right next to his name. It just says Mike Gaseki FP. What is that? Um, I'll give you another one so in case you could get a, a hint. Okay, Tyreek Hills says 04.
0: I mean, sorry, this... it
1: says 24. It says 24.
3: Okay, so I, I I was gonna if if it said if it said Tyreek Hill BMF then i get it but now i'm now i'm confused as fuck
1: okay fp you want to know what it is
3: is it is it finn's player franchise player player.
1: franchise oh yes what is 24 then uh contract expires 2024 really yes
3: okay i guess those are the
1: guaranteed years in the hill deal
3: so did this, did this, did this, did everybody have this? Like everybody on this depth chart?
1: Somebody gave it to me. And, and I was looking at, why do they got all these numbers on this depth chart? And I guess somebody went to, to through the the trouble of putting like all the designations of all the contracts and when they expire on everybody's deal. And I was like, what the hell is this? And then I noticed it. And I'm like, and I put two and two together. I was like, okay, Mike Kosecki is the only guy that I see with an FP next to his name. And that's the other guys with different and a lot of 24s and a lot of 23s. And I'm like, okay, those are the years that their contracts expire. This is pretty genius, Mm -hmm. which is the first time I've seen a depth chart done that way.
3: Well, I've, hmm. right. (laughs) Okay. I've I've never, never, never seen this. I don't understand why we're suddenly being, you know, we're suddenly all privy to the, uh, to the long term. Salary cap machinations of uh, of, of you know, the guys and the the guys, the nerds with the glasses and the nerdery in the back rooms. That uh, oddly that
1: enough, it was a salary cap blogger that gave me this step depth chart. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Then, <laughs> and I'm giving him a shout out. I'm not gonna say his name, <laughs> okay. I'm giving you a shout out on the show. This is a very interesting way to do a depth chart. I was at practice today and Practice started off with a selfie. Now some people on Twitter are, like, are, you know, like there's some miserable people on this earth, Earth, Chris. There yeah. are, yeah. You, uh, the coach takes a selfie with the the beat and, like, yeah. uh, I'll I'll, are- I'll take you through through your mind, Coachy. E at well, it was uh, it was act- actually Omar Kelly who instigated it. He asked him for a selfie and the coach immediately obliged. He's like, yeah, let's let's make sure you get everybody in here. Everybody lean in your thoughts on that, because some decided, oh, now is when I got to start with the hot takes on Mike McDaniel.
3: First off, yes, there are a lot of miserable people on the on the world. But to be fair, two of them are on this podcast and usually three. Um, (laughs) So uh, there's that. But uh, this is this is classic Mike McDaniel. That's 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 what he does. People like him. they root for him. It's not going to matter if he loses on game day, but it's, it's fun right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you. And, you know, it's, it's fun stuff. He has pressure. Uh, I've said it before. You said it before. Uh, we both expect him to make the playoffs. If he doesn't sure. make the playoffs, like, look, I, I could see a scenario where he wins 10 games. We don't make the playoffs and we just say, look, God damn it. We're just unlucky. Like, we should have made the playoffs going 10 and six and then going 10 and seven two years later. Like, well, you yeah. know, that's,
3: I, I i don't know if they would say the un- unlucky part, but I mean, like the, they expect improvement, right. Mm-hmm. And they based, based on what they've done with the roster, they should expect improvement. Um, they were nine and eight last year, 10 wins would be improvement. So, you know, they'd, they'd have it. It wouldn't be sufficient improvement. I mean, I think we, we, we had both expect the playoffs, but, um, but it's, listen. He's not. He's not on. A, he's not on a hot seater. And and I don't know that. Like you know, everybody saw uh, Sean Payton now. It's, it's mm. kind of weird. But um, it's you know just because if he wins ten games, <laughs> I don't think he's getting replaced by Sean Payton. Mm. Um. So and I don't think I don't think Sean Payton is really in it for Miami anyway. But um. But yeah. So I I think I think that would not necessarily be a success because they want the playoffs and they're, you know, they need that. That's the marker, I think. But um, but if they if they get 10 wins, it's like sort of a, you know, kissing your sister sort of uh, yeah. victory.
1: Absolutely. And I guess we'll start here. Uh, coming into the day, Alec Engle was wearing the orange jersey, so evidently he was the practice player of the day for yesterday when everybody was, what, I guess checking in their bags or – or, or just showing up to the parking lot. So he got the best parking space, I guess. Did Wait, so how how did he get that orange jersey? Uh, that's what I'm wondering too. But he, he was wearing it today proudly. Who and did he pay off? Who did he pay off to get that? I stood right, right next to him and I'm like, wait a minute, this guy's small. And then I look at him I'm like, okay, he's not small. <laughs> he, he's like really wide, you know? He looks like a fullback. But yeah, he had the orange jersey. But I know who's getting the orange jersey to, for tomorrow. And if he doesn't. He was robbed, and I, and that's where I want to start. Trill Williams, man, he was everywhere, and damn, does he look the part. Big, strong, fast. Can you see possibly Trill Williams maybe contributing more than just special teams this year? Because you had a theory on OnlyFans, and I guess I want you to share it now on the podcast. Um. My theory that Trill Williams is gonna is gonna beat out. No, your theory like, on George, Josh Boyer and what he thinks.
3: About oh, this UDFA. isn't a theory. This isn't a theory. This is he's, he's flat out said it. I mean, he's 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 straight up said on camera before that he likes he likes undrafted free agents more than he likes first round picks. I mean, he's he he's a big fan of the um the unheralded corner. Uh, he likes to find the diamond in the rough he likes to, uh, he likes to, I, I I think he likes their attitude better too, because they, they practice a little bit more desperately, I think. Um, and, and so I think that, you know, when it comes to, if, if we're going to compare Trill or I get put Trill Williams up next to Noah Igbenogany, um, he's more likely Josh Boyer himself is probably more likely to, uh to, you know, actually, uh, discount Igmanogany based on his, um, his first round status, as opposed to everybody else would assume that, you know, well, he's the first rounder. So, you know, he's gotta be given the, he's gotta be given the uh, benefit of the doubt. Well, I don't think that really happens with Boyer. I think, um, I think he loves that. He loves the, the, that late round undrafted type that works his way up. He did that. He, you know, he, he had guys do that in new England, He's had Nick Needham do it here in Miami, and um, and I think he just likes it. So, I mean, so somebody somebody was asking the question specifically, you know, Trill Williams or Noah Igbinogony, and I was just like, to be honest, you know, this is not based on any kind of film watch or anything. This isn't me watching Trill Williams and going, oh wow, you know, he's the dude. Um, This is just reading tea leaves. But, you know, there's something about Noah Igmanagi with this coaching staff, and it is the same defensive staff for the most part, Mm -hmm. um, where he's stuck in the mud. He's clearly stuck in the mud. And I'm not saying that based on anything that happened today, obviously. Um, But this is just stuff that we know about him. And so, you know, him versus Trill Williams, I I would say, well, one has kind of an arrow up. Yeah. And one is kind of stuck in the mud. So pick one, you know. Well, you know this campus owns. So obviously, there's opportunity there, but um, I, I you know, would I be surprised if somebody like Trill leapfrogs, you know, um, and goes up? No, absolutely not.
1: Yeah, and I was I was commenting on this earlier that that's secondary. Uh, they they retain the, the you know they retain their title. They, I think that's the best looking unit in the entire on the entire team. Although that defensive line looks great, but what a group of athletes! They, like I could see what they're going for every time they sign a guy and why people like Sheldrick Redwine stick around. You know they just like long, lean, great athletes. Right. fast is he, is he is he actually still on the roster? Sheldrick Red- Redwine, yes, is still on the roster. He's one of the safeties. Did not realize that. Yes, he's still one of How the. They safeties. got rid of him. Yeah, and he backs up uh, Holland. If uh, it, you know, I remember I can't reveal too much of where he plays, but let's just say he plays enough. <laughs> okay. Well, You just right. revealed it. So. Yeah. Well, it's c- yeah, I didn't say where Holland plays. I don't know what unit you know Holland plays. Right. Does he play punter? No, uh, I'm not saying whether he plays short. Uh, you know, strong safety, free safety, or. Or he's on the first team, the second team, or the third team. You know, I'm not. I'm not revealing any of those things. So what we know is that Javon Holland plays plays ahead of Sheldrick Redwine.
3: He plays somewhere ahead, where wherever it is, it's ahead of Sheldrick Redwine. Yes, and it could be, you know, anywhere. It could be be playing uh, at the it could be
1: running back. It could be wide receiver. It could be basketball. Yeah, it could be any any sport. Keon Crossan, another guy. Damn, he looks good. I could, I could see they have a type. Long, lean, fast, great athlete. Like, that's what they like. And it was kind of, I got a kick, of, look, uh, kick out of looking at Sam Madison and Patrick Chatan <laughs> coaching up these guys, you know, because I was like, man, there's a lot of talent right there. Like, I could see uh-huh. where they're going with this, you know. And, you know, I guess past Saturday, I'll be able to reveal much more, but it's going to be an interesting group, especially since Byron Jones. And we can reveal this because the coach said it. Uh, The coach said that their goal is to have Byron Jones ready for week one and that they won't jeopardize jeopardize that fact. Meaning Mm -hmm. he basically just said he's playing week one and we're not going to do anything to fuck that up. Okay, it's as simple as that. Which, if you put two and two two together, you know i'm I'm no math major, but I guess you're not going to see Byron Jones this entire preseason. You might see him practice, but he probably won't play, I would say I don't know, if,
3: I don't know if I'd go that far, but well you know, we'll see, but i I, I seriously i I wouldn't yeah they they might they still might breeze him out there just because they don't, you know, just to get him just to get him up um for for playing the season at some point that 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 wouldn't necessarily jeopardize him but um
1: yeah we'll see now uh we'll get into the offense a little bit here but before we you know after we do that we're gonna round out the defense because last week we did the entire offense uh one observation uh trill williams part of the reason he had a lot more plays than just this one but Teddy Bridgewater uh, threw a ball. Um, let me see. I'm, I'm going to try to figure out how I can say this without revealing exactly what, what happened on the play. But I'll just say that it was on the near hash, and it was an out route, and the coverage was essentially quarters where you're basically on a backpedal for 8 to 10 yards, and then you roll up. Trill Williams broke on this thing and t- took it to the house 40 yards out. It was as good a play as I've seen in practice in a while. It was an Xavier Howard Type play. You read mm-hmm. anything into that? Into that during camp, where a guy makes an eye-catching play, and you start thinking to yourself, "Man, there's just a few guys probably on this roster that can make a play similar to that." And does that give you a leg up against? You know, although you know, to be fair to Noah Benaghi, he made a nice play on a two pass earlier today that you know everybody thought that he intercepted it, but evidently he didn't intercept it because he couldn't get his feet in bounds. But do you look at a play like that and start thinking to yourself, okay, if if he's one of the few guys on this team that can make a play like that, that's a guy that you just got to keep around. Like there's something there.
3: I wouldn't. I mean, so I think no. Um, in short, no. But um, but I think that what you have to realize about a play like that is um, it's not about – some. it's not even about like a true – I mean, yeah, it's a good play, and 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 he made a good play, and and but you, you, there's so much more, there's so much more to evaluating a guy than than just one good play like that. But um, at some point, you got to realize that the just catching the eyeballs, right? Mm-hmm. Just just catching the eyeballs makes a guy percentage wise far more likely to um you know, to keep catching the eyeballs and, and keep uh, and keep getting the uh, opportunities. And so it's, it's sort of like, um, you know, whether, whether he does have the goods or doesn't have the goods, breaking off that play does well for him, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I I don't think the play actually indicates whether he does or doesn't, I think, but I think that, um, that it does give him a leg up. So you know, that's, that's important. It's important. Uh, I think it's interesting though, that uh, Noah Igman himself had a uh, decent play too.
1: Yeah. Uh, and his play was, uh, was better because, because it was against Tua tunga you know, and he was in coverage against Jalen Waddle, I believe on that one play, you know, although I, yeah. I, I've said this before, and I don't think I'm revealing anything by saying this, I wouldn't read too much of what's going on in these first two or three days, Cause this is mostly install and very basic stuff. I'm talking about a high school offense was being run out there and, and high school defense. Like it was very basic stuff. There, guys are just getting their, their feet wet, you know, nothing, you know, th- there was nothing tricky about anything that either team was, was running today, you mm-hmm. know, but I could comment on a few guys. I'll comment on, on this Solomon Kinley. Uh, the hype is real. Uh, he's lost weight. Looks slimmer. Uh, Teron Armstead. Uh, as good a good looking left tackle as I've seen here, uh, as good a good looking offensive lineman since Jake Long, I would say. Yeah, he's a specimen. He is. He's just slim, strong, barrel chested, long arms. Like he's, you know, like if you draw up a left tackle, you want him to look like that. He also told, uh, which was, I thought, interesting. He told Raheem Mostert he could beat him in a 10 yard dash. Do you believe Did it? He? Yes. Raheem Mostert was uh, holding court with the media. And obviously you're going to ask Raheem Mostert about, you know, are you going to race Tyree Kill? Are you going to race, uh, you know, Jalen Waddle, et cetera. And Terran Armstead peeked in and said, you should, you should tell him about racing me for 10 yards. And Raheem Mostert said, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, you guys are usually pretty fast off the block. And Terran Armstead said something like, you know, it's not you guys, it's me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well you know he is the he is the record holder i believe for uh for tackles uh in the 40 but um and i forget what his uh 10-yard split was but it, you know it was does it he was, have a shot really. at
1: this uh, or was he just ta- blowing smoke no he's just blowing
3: he's blowing smoke up people's <laughs> ass um he, he doesn't have a shot in hell of, of beating raheem Mostert even in a 10 yard i mean we're talking i mean, listen running backs running back uh, education time um when it comes to these, uh, the splits, the combine splits and, and uh, 10 yard dash and such running backs are unusually better in the 10 yard split, even compared to, you know, other guys that are fat, like wide, rec- for example, wide receivers. Um, you, you'll get the, the, the good running backs, the good well-testing running backs, even if they, they ultimately run I don't know, something like a four or five, something or other um they end up with some really good 10 yard splits and um and the uh wide receivers will will do worse than them but teron armstead yeah you had like handheld 465 and um in the in the 40 but uh and which is in insane electronic insane electronic, electronic 471 but um but it's 10 yard I mean, his ten yard isn't going to come in faster than than running backs. It was like it was, I'm looking it up now. It's like 168 or 169. I mean, then that that would be slow. That would actually be slow <laughs> for yeah. running backs. So he's just he's just blowing smoke. He's having fun, but whatever. Um, I, I think either way, the fact that you know that he's he's able to compare himself is pretty. Impressive overall for a tackle, and that's why he's the record holder as far as the 40 goes. But I mean, Raheem Mostert, I think I just looked at looking at he's got a 149 10 yard Hmm. split. wow so sorry, buddy.
1: Yeah, oh, Sony sony Michelle dropped the 34, thank god, and is wearing 28 now, which is better news. (laughs) Okay, as a Condray White, I could see it, I could see it. You know, I'm trying not to say too much. I'll say more come Saturday. Mm-hmm.
3: But isn't he uh, number 47?
1: No, that's Zikandre White. It's 47. No,
3: that's what I mean. Zikandre, Zikandre, Zikandre White. Isn't he yeah. number 47? What the frick is with that number?
1: I don't know. But it, it reminds me of Bobby Humphrey at 44. Mm. You know, Chuck Muncy, I think, wore 48. He was a really good mm, running back. Okay. I yeah. told you the story about Chuck Muncy, right? He was supposed to complete uh, the 1984 no. Dolphins, but he decided to go on a coke bench. And he didn't make it past the press conference. As, as one does. <laughs> okay. But they added Chuck Muncy. Because remember, back then, we're talking about 1984, folks. Back then, you added a running back. Your running game was fixed.
3: <laughs> you back know what I mean? Then, I mean, back then, this is 1984. Back then, Coke was as popular as, as, as Coke.
1: Yeah. So. And you're bringing <laughs> a guy from San Diego to Miami. And of, co- of course, he's not going to make it past the press conference. You know sure. what I mean? In 1984? Fuck that you know uh last thing i'll say about the offense uh greg little i saw him out there he wore 75 he exists okay
3: so we verified he's on the roster he um yes. he does practice as a miami dolphin
1: yes and he is wearing and a uniform yes 75 yes yeah.
3: he has a uniform he's he's wearing the uniform he's not like handing out the uniforms or something like that
1: yeah muhammad sanu, muhammad sanu your, your theories were correct uh, he's doing a lot of teaching out there. He's doing a lot of warming uh, up with Cedric uh, Wilson. Told you, you know, um, warming up with Tua. Tua was was was, you know, taking the young guys aside and telling them do this, do that. Uh, but that's it. Uh, past past Saturday, I'll be able to say a lot more about the offense. There's a lot to say. Trust me when I when I tell you that. Let's move on to the defense. Yeah,
3: but you know what's interesting before we go on the on, on go on on the wide receivers with um Muhammad Sanu mm-hmm. is um yeah, we already know that Cedric Wilson if you've watched any of his highlights in, in Dallas that that dude can throw the ball. Yes. Right. That dude can throw. Sanu Sanu's better. <laughs> Mohammed Sanu's better. <laughs> and 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 you know, Lynn Bowden can clearly throw the ball.
1: I
2: mean, uh, court- are they trying to say something to Tua?
3: Are they trying to- like for, for real? Like, what's going on? Like, are we like and, and all the, the people that don't like Tua are <laughs> gotta be going nuts with this? Yeah, all
1: people like, other people that hate Tua, look, you first of all, you're bad at this, okay? Because if you had a brain in your head, you'd be out there on Twitter right now saying that they that the, the dolphins are sneaking in QB one, two, and three into the wide receiver. Group. Right, you're, okay. sleep,
3: you're sleeping on the job. I mean, these guys hasn't Eric as a conman thrown a ball too? Or, I, I forget. Yes, he has, I, yes, he has. Yeah, okay, he, he played,
1: he, he he played quarterback in high school, so that's
3: right, that's right. So, I'll, I'll give you another so one. Alec
1: Engle played quarterback in high school. These guys, oh, that's this team right, has a okay. lot of quarterbacks this, on this team. He's got, got a lot of guys that can throw a goddamn ball. And, so. <laughs> and, if we, and if we're really gonna go deep, uh, Xavier Howard played quarterback in high school.
3: Oh, right, that, okay. No, yeah. I didn't know that. But yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, and and Durham Smythe, of course, takes the uh QB sneaks sneaks as yes. the uh um under center. Yeah, so but, what I mean, exactly is
1: to so what exactly does is Tua gonna do this year then? They have everybody to do everything else, you know. I mean, I
3: guess I guess Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle don't throw, but they don't have to because they're all contrary,
1: Tyreek Hill has a perfect quarterback rating for his career uh, and a touchdown pass
3: nice but i mean <laughs> but i mean somebody has to catch the ball if we're gonna have everybody else throwing it
1: um we'll say this I, I will say this team bottle terrible thrower of the football it's kind of sad that such a great it's athlete it's kind of sad <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of sad such a great athlete a world-class athlete okay you know world-class yep. one of the best wide receivers in the nfl and eh, not not a good thrower of the football just you not. know and
3: and and in, in past years I i bet like our fellow Pessimistic Dolphins fans would say that our coaching staff that that would be the one that they pick to throw a ball in the game. Like you know, Cedric Wilson can throw, Muhammad Sanu can throw, Lynn Bowden can clearly throw. Um, you know, we have all these guys that can throw the ball, and uh, and and we'd have we'd have the guy that can't really throw out throwing it. So that's and I, and I'm referring to I, I'm not referring
1: to Tua. <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna move on here to the defense. I'm gonna start on on the defense. You know, you defense. haven't even you haven't even said how Tua looked today. He looked good. He looked fine. You know,
3: I, uh, I figured that would be different. the first thing. His body's different.
1: His body's different. I heard I hit into like Quadzilla. Yeah, uh, Tua's ass is massive, and his thighs are massive. Like he's a he's he's taking on that role. And I know people go, Russell Wilson's bigger. No, he's not. Tua was actually bigger than Russell Wilson, and not only are they—is he bigger listed? He was bigger coming out of college, and I'm pretty sure he's bigger now. I'm pretty sure Russell's playing at somewhere around 215, 218 pounds. Mm-hmm. Man, there's no way in hell that Tua is weighing 217 pounds, like they're saying right now. He's... I don't know,
3: like, his because his trainers were his trainers were kind of bragging about like you know how they had him. Adam him chop some weight and you know get faster and stuff like that. um I think he looks. Last year, he last looks year they great. Them to pack it on.
1: He looks great for the position. I think he looks yeah. heavier, but functional weight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can see, you know where the muscle went last year. I think last year I think it was more cosmetic. He had good looking arms. He had the traps mm-hmm. going. You know what I mean? He had the mm-hmm. lean stomach. Oh, that's useless. Forget that. For quarterback needs strong legs, strong like glutes. You know what I mean? Leg day. Don't skip yeah, leg day. Big, big calves. That's what a quarterback needs. And, man, he did he pack that on this offseason? He's just big, big, thick. So, so, he, yeah. looked
3: all right, so he looked all right today. Yeah, what's... he looked
1: the part. He, he looked like Russell Wilson. You know, big booty, big thighs, big calves. What you want to see in your quarterback. But did he actually throw the ball? Yes, and threw it very well. Nice with a nice little zip. Well, you and heard everything. it. You heard
3: it here first. Our starting quarterback actually threw, threw the ball today.
1: Yeah, and threw it well. All right, let's move on to the defense. Uh, they wanted to keep the entire defensive line, they did that. Uh, the only difference is Brendan Scarlett is now listed as an edge player, and he's pressing Andrew Van Ginkle for snaps. How's mm-hmm. this going to work? Because he's always been, though. Yeah, but how is this going to work? Because I'm going to introduce something else into this. Melvin Ingram is also out there. We know Jalen Phillips has to play a lot of snaps. He didn't play enough last year, for you know what they want going forward. I would say Phillips should get Andrew Van Ginkle's snap count while Andrew Van Ginkle should get Phillips' snap count this year. Do you agree with that statement? First of all, boy, you lost me there. What? Okay, look at Andrew Van Ginkle's snap count from last year. Yeah. Right? Uh... Now look at Jalen Phillips snap count from last year. I'm thinking they want that reversed this year. Yeah.
3: Well, but hmm. but they're not they're not playing the same. I not think they not playing the same. So so it, who who's who's whose snaps are being victimized here? I mean, well but
1: the reason I say this is because Melvin Ingram is gonna play. He is going to play, but he but he might
3: be like uh he might be a, like sort of a specialist, like a pass rush specialist.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like there at, at are times the ex- okay so are we times know Melvin Ingram's going to rush
3: like a pass rush specialist.
1: Melvin Ingram's going to rush seven and rush nine. He's going to rush the wide seven, wide nine, tech seven, tech nine, mm-hmm. at expense of who has to be Van Ginkle. No, that's who got that 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 gig last year. Well, yeah, I mean that
3: that directly at his expense. Yes. But, I mean, Van Ginkle got way too many snaps, so
1: yes, he did, right? He <laughs> noticed that, right? And now they're introducing Brendan Scarlett as a guy to push him.
3: Well, I mean, but, but Brendan Scarlett in his own right got you know almost 200 snaps last year. And
1: the interesting thing
3: about Brendan Scarlett is that, um, he's not you know, he's he knows what he's doing out there more than he is, you know, a good athlete. I mean, he's big, he's you know, six foot four and 260 something like that, but. Um, but he, he actually makes plays in the passing game, uh, and in coverage and in past. And even as the dolphin, even with the dolphins, um, and it's, it's just because the ball just kind of finds him. And, um, and it's not, it definitely is not because the guy moves well, but, um, but you know, that's. He's the sort of guy that you trust to put on the field and they I think they put put him on the field in sort of run situations. Um, so so he might he might get some continue to get some snaps that way. I think um Melvin Ingram is is going to be because Andrew van Ginkel was sort of the um the sometimes they call they refer to this guy as the fifth rusher. Um, you know, as far as an edge only, very outside pass rusher usually pass rush situations um stuff like that and Andrew Van Ginkle filled a lot of that last year and and so I happen to think that Melvin Ingram is going to be you know giving him a run for that and um and you know Van Ginkle might just have his snaps reduced and that's that's fine I mean he had 800 of them last year so um he's very few, very few players. Only four players on the whole defense had more snaps than he did. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, he can he can have his he can have his snaps, Bruce.
1: Yeah, the rest of the that defensive line, you know, since they all brought them back, I guess they're they're going to be played the way they're designed to be played. But I'm going to ask you about another guy who I saw out there today who caught an eye. Uh, I told you about Raquan Davis when he hits that sled. What's what's going on? And it's it's a real thing. Okay, certain guys can do it; other guys can't. And the guys that that do it poorly, I'm sorry, they just you know they just don't fit the bill. But I'll give you one guy, Jordan Williams. What do you know about Jordan Williams out of Virginia Tech, who's a UDFA, 6'5", listed at three hundred and five pounds.
3: I do not know much about him at all. I didn't really take a look at him. I mean, he's he's one of the UDFAs that they're bringing to camp, but I've never, I've never even he didn't he certainly did not come heralded with a with a signing bonus or anything like some of the um, like some of the UDFAs that we've got Um, Mm. and I've done this you know I've gone a a lot of the practices and um, and especially like the all-star practices and stuff every year and it's interesting to see to see when a guy really when he hits the sled um, with that kind of force you take notice but um, you're gonna have to see a hell of a lot more than that.
1: Um, yeah it's just interesting when when you confuse a guy with Raquan davis mm-hmm. when you're thinking to yourself oh yeah raekwon Doos, davis is doing his parlor trick again you know what i mean yeah right you know and trust um, me it's a trick when people say oh yeah raekwon davis uh, you know he, he hits mm-hmm. a sled that like that's interesting no 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 no. you don't understand it's a parlor trick because these other guys like christian wilkins is not a weakling okay you watch him hit mm-hmm. the sled and you see raekwon davis almost break the sled <laughs> Okay, and when he hits, it, you hear quack, and you hear like the nuts and the bolts on the sled like clanking, like they might break, like it's violent, and I confused Jordan Williams with Raquan Davis uh, just off the mere s- sound of it. And then you look at the guy, and he's six five, three hundred and five pounds. At least oh, he's, was, he's, he's really listening. built
3: well, by the way. I think.
1: <laughs> yes, he is, and he looks like a million bucks. Of course, nobody hit anything. I'm just saying it caught my eye and in a world mm-hmm. where benito jones has a roster spot which you know yeah, up, you know what i mean like you know and benito jones was rostered last year i'm saying you know uh, keep an eye out you always looking for the new john jenkins you never know right
3: oh, I, I mean john jenkins has was he was he playing that role though and, and well i guess you're not allowed to talk about that <laughs> i'm not either. allowed to say because uh because i'm just saying like we're talking we're talking different body types i think um Well, yeah,
1: John Jenkins is built like a like a fire hydrant, you know,
3: I mean, well, John Jenkins is like one of those 330 pounder types, you know, and um, 330
1: you're being generous.
3: (laughs) Yeah, well, right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And uh, and Jordan Williams is, you know, if I know anything about him, it's that You know, he's 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 a 300 pounder. But, you know, when you watch him play and you see how he's put together. Um, or at least you see, I, I, I haven't watched him play much, but um, if you see how he's put together and how he moves and stuff, I mean, he's he's one of those dudes that, like, well, I guess it, it fits because that's what his number was, but um, it, he kind of he's kind of put together like a linebacker, hmm. um, and and just a very big one
1: <laughs> you know like yeah a very
3: very big one uh or a defensive or a defensive end or something like that um it's just a very very big one but uh i don't think you'd be playing that sort of you know on the nose on the nose role um you know, based on based on
1: who he is how he moves uh, and how he's put together all right moving on to the the linebackers because there's not much else to say on defensive line you know that they're built the way they're designed to be played you know it's it's how they were played last year you know guys have very very you know set roles on this defense especially on the defensive line the only thing that we might see a little bit different is jalen phillips playing a lot more inside since he found some success last year
3: mm-hmm.
1: toward the end of the year playing inside so you might see him on third downs rush as a three technique every once in a while but moving that was, on that was inevitable that that move so moving on to the linebackers uh channing Tindall, do you, for C, because we talked about this on a previous podcast and we we talked about it for about 30 seconds but it was a good question on OnlyFans, and everybody was you know debating it back and forth is there a role for him this year or is this just a development year for channing tyndall and this is a small snap count guy for this season or is there a possibility he can play meaningful snaps on this defense
3: I think, honestly, he's uh, – I think this is going to be – I hesitate to use the word redshirt here because right. um, because they're they're going to get him on the field, especially on special teams.
2: Hmm.
3: Um, and so that means he's going to dress on game day. And, that mean, if he dresses on game day, he can get out in the field. But as far as role in his defense, I do feel like people kind of get away, um, get too far over their skis on him uh, on what he's going to do. Um I think that there's a role out there for him, and there are games where he'll be relevant. But um, there's an old player uh, that I that I've talked about in the past um, that Brian Flores has coached before, um, and uh, and and I think that he reminds me his, his usage might remind or I'm sorry, Tyndall's usage might remind me a little bit of that. And that's Marquise flowers, um, hmm. of the new England Patriots. And he's played, he's played somewhere else. I forget where else, maybe the lions. Um, it's sort of a, it's sort of a, you know, I, I think of Sam Agavon hmm. really how, how he was ended up being used last year in Miami. Um, there's a, a little bit pass rush there. Um, a little bit back, uh, or if that's a thing there's a there's a rotational role for it and i could see him you know getting that but um but otherwise i do think it's going to be a low snap count
1: all right and yeah if you look at the linebacking crew like everybody has like a defined role like we know duke riley what he's there to do He's there to take the snaps that Atlanta Roberts doesn't take. Calvin mm-hmm. Munson is pretty much the same guy, and he changed his number by the way to number fifty, which is nice. And I like him as a player, but he's 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 essentially great value Elandon Roberts. You know what I mean? He's that that uh Sam's Club brand Atlanta Roberts. <laughs> Sam's Club Sam's Club Elandon Roberts. I love it. You yeah. know. So I would say I'm I'm with you. Like Channing Tindall play, if Channing Tindall plays a lot of snaps, something bad happened to Jerome Baker, I would say.
3: That's what that's kind of where I'm going with that. And and even if Jerome Baker were to go down, um I don't think that this is you know, Jerome Baker goes down. It's sort of like, remember when, when Byron Jones uh, didn't play or went down and, and we just threw Noah Igbenogany out there mm-hmm. and, and yeah. like, you know, he had Infamous. to, he had to, he had to blanket, you know, cover, cover, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Stephon Diggs Yeah. Stefan Diggs for like five seconds at time, <laughs> And uh, I don't think they're going to do that with Channing Tyndall, even if Jerome Baker goes down. That's, it's my, my feeling. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think that – I think that they're comparable. They're comparable players, but I think it's going to take some more time to get him to bring Tyndall up to speed than than it did to bring Baker up to speed, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, a guy who's who's noticeable, and you could see him out there when he's playing, uh, Darius Hodge, um, you know, wait for preseason. He's from,
3: Mar- he's from Marshall, isn't
1: he? Yeah, from Marshall. Why, yeah. Wait till preseason because, you know – Remember, it's hard, it's you know, especially linebackers. Like linebackers are not guys that you could just say, Oh, you know, I I I found something. No, all you can mm-hmm. see is like, okay, this is a good athlete, you know? And I would say, and if I'm building the depth chart, then I guess you know, behind Jerome Baker, I would put Darius Hodge as far as a comparable athlete, although he's not the same, but you know, it's comparable. You know, other than that, yeah, Channing Tindall. I guess if he plays, it's because something bad happened to Jerome Baker. That's pretty much all I have to say about the linebacking crew. Because again, they brought them all back. <laughs> There's, you know, unless you have something to say about Cameron Good, you know, you know anything about Cameron Good?
3: I mean, I I know that. Uh, no, I, I I I've seen him play. I mean, I've seen I've seen Cameron Good play. But does he have uh, a, a,
1: a uh, does he have a shot at cracking this nut uh, in the linebacking co- uh, core?
3: I, I do not believe so. I do not believe so. Yeah. That's what I'm think thinking. That, Cause
1: uh, this group looks like it's kind of set.
3: Yeah. And, and I think that Darius Hodge, I think it's interesting. You bring up that he, you know, he's, he's put together and, um, and he, he kind of shows the, the mobility. Um, I don't think he's straight line. I don't think he's straight line athletic, but, um, but he is pretty, you know, he is, he is fairly explosive. Uh, the only thing is, and this would madden me so much, you know, attending practices. You don't know. I, it, it's hard to like go to these practices, especially the, these padless practices, and know anything about the running backs or the linebackers in particular mm-hmm. before they're really allowed to hit, or the offensive because, lineman for that matter. Well, right, but I, I think that there's. I think so. I think there's more to be gleaned from the offensive lineman than linebackers and running backs because. Mm-hmm. They really, I mean, even when they're thudding up, you know, uh, in, in practice, it's still practice and it's not full speed game. And when you get into the game, linebacker, a linebacker's job is just pure violence, you know, and, and and you can't really see that violence at three quarter speed or, you know, without, unless you have, you know, as Landon Roberts going to show, are you going to hear the crack you know, uh, uh, that a Landon Roberts can deliver, um, and practices maybe rarely, but like, you know, I, I think that until you get them into a full speed situation where they're allowed to just go for it, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and the linebackers are allowed to go for it and the running backs are tasked with, you know, cause they're, the, they're the guys trying to, you know, be hit, um, and, and you see what they do about it and whether they can avoid those hits and whether they can, you know, whether they can stand up to them and stuff. It's just that those two positions in particular, having seen so many, you know, practices over the years, and it's it's really hard. It's really hard to get that without looking at getting, you know, full speed game. I think that offensive line, what's interesting there is um, is so much, so much about offensive linemen ends up being a, about how well you move that uh, interestingly enough. Yeah. You, you can, you can see some things um, in these, in these practices and you can see which guys, cause the guys that, you know, once you reach a certain point, certain size and, and, um, and strength that these offensive linemen generally all have, a lot of it becomes about how, how well you move. And so interesting, it is interesting, but you can, can get something about that. Um, However, you know, you're not going to get, you know, I, I don't see making too big of a deal about what happens on the offensive line when you're not even in pads or anything, but, but I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, seeing how well they move is meaningful and the dolphins have a lot of offensive linemen have some offensive linemen out there. I should say, who can really move, you know, Teron mm. Armstead uh, Teron, and Connor Williams, for example, uh, Rob Hunt. I mean, that's, he can really move. Um, so yeah, it, that that's, that's interesting. Uh, but linebackers running backs in this setting,
1: I don't know, man. I just, you know, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait for the preseason games. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving off of the linebackers. But before we do, I'm going to mention one other guy, Porter Gustin looks great in uniform. He, nah, does. Can he, he does. Can he play football? Can he play football? Who knows? Um, <laughs> no, he's he, this. This guy's this guy's
3: a bodybuilder type. So <laughs> uh, he really is like. The, and that's there are some guys. He looked that
1: are... he looked spectacular today, standing on the sideline. I, I just gotta say,
3: it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some guys. I don't remember a snap
1: like... he played. Not not to say that he didn't he's play dedicated a snap to it. He probably did play a few snaps, and I just didn't see him. You know, he didn't do anything. But damn it, standing standing on the sideline like you know. Like that's one of the guys that you like Raekwon Davis is the first to get off the bus. This guy might be mm-hmm. second or third. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. And, and I think that if you, if you were making notes on Porter Gustin's work at USC and, um, and coming out, if you had to put two notes down about him, just two, you know, one would be like pure strength, sort of forklift strength. Um, uh, you know, when, when, have, when, facing up with an offensive lineman and two would have been that he's a he's a gym he's a gym guy i mean he's a he's a gym guy he is he is a bodybuilder you know if he weren't playing football he might be a bodybuilder literally mm-hmm. um that's a professional wrestler guy, yeah that's the kind of guy that he is so those are those are the two things to remember about port augustine whether you can actually play on a football field you know we'll, we'll have to see
1: yeah, uh, I guess we have to wait for for, for the preseason for that. Uh, his mm-hmm. fit on the team, like uh, at the expense of who? Uh, it's mm-hmm. not going to be a defensive lineman. They're listing him as a linebacker. So it has to be at yeah. the expense of what Sam Egwun? So there's like four guys going for Sam Egwun spot this year. Yeah, but I don't think I, I don't think they're comparable. Yeah. Uh, so I mean he's an I, he's an edge and Port yeah. Augustine.
3: He might be a linebacker, but he's an edge. You mentioned Brennan, Brennan Scarlett a little bit earlier. Uh yeah. that's more, you know, Port Augustine and Brennan Scarlett would probably be in direct competition with one another. One gets one gets injured. If Brennan Scarlett gets uh gets injured, then Port Augustine's
1: chances increase quite a bit. Yeah. All right, moving on to the defensive backs. I saw this guy on the program because they give you uh, they give you like a roster, like the official roster. And with all the, the, you know, all the number changes and who didn't, you know, you know, who's on the, the pup list and who's on the physically unable to perform. Uh, they had Elijah Campbell on there, but he was doing a lot of work on the side. He looked pretty, pretty good to me. The only guy I didn't see do any work was Byron Jones, but that's obvious. Yeah, right. you know, he won't be around for, uh, I, w- I would say, at least a week but i noticed this guy and i was like this name is familiar to me quincy wilson and i was like it was so familiar to me that i'm like oh man i gotta i gotta i gotta start researching more here and, and then i just looked to the right of his name and said florida yeah, Do you I, remember the guy I, I gushed about this guy six years ago when he was coming yeah. out and he ended up on the dolphins
3: yeah i know he's um it's he been is, a, it's... a
1: strange long trip he's played in the nfl for six seasons yeah he's he's been around, man. Um,
3: and I remember him coming out too. And, so I guess and, I missed,
1: right? I, I missed. Well, he's only so, twenty six, by the way. So there's still time.
3: Well, it's it goes back to what you said, and you know, you're talking about the secondary, and you're talking about how these are all. This is like the best looking secondary
1: that you you know, as far as how they're. Yeah, built Quincy Wilson, and uh, Quissey Wilson, Wilson goes right in there because this is a 6'2", two, 210 and ten pound guy. Well, he's six-one.
3: He's six-one, six but yeah, he's a 6'1", and ten pound dude. And he can he can all he can move you know he's he's a four or five he's a four or five zero oh kind of you know four or five flat type of athlete for for that size that's quite good, um, but yeah he's always he's always been that he's always been the like sort of the 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 guy that you would accuse um, Brian Flores and this staff of wanting to target as like you know man outside corner type of guy he's mm. got that those he's very lengthy. Um is very lengthy and uh and and pretty good uh pretty good athlete.
1: Yeah, now I would say Trill Williams. I mean that's <laughs> yeah, and that's where I'm 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 gonna get back to Trill right here in a second. Now I was thinking Nick Needham, you know, in a pinch, because this is my hypothetical. My hypothetical is that you know, one of our boundary corners can't play. And although they were remarkably healthy last year, both of them. Uh, Byron Jones didn't miss a game, I believe, and Xavier Howard missed a game. And neither was healthy for that Tampa Bay game. But if one were not to play, where does this begin? Where does that that battle for a boundary corner begin and end? And can you handicap it a little bit with what's on the roster right now? Because I would say, you know, in a pinch, Nick Needham can always move outside. And then I guess what, Javon Holland is playing in nickel but if you want to keep Nick Needham where he's been best and you have enough athletes on the outside, where's the battle for a a boundary corner? It's Noah Benogany and Trill Williams, really, isn't it? um,
3: Well, I think, I think it's interesting that you say that about Nick Needham because like his journey as an NFL player um, has been an interesting one. Um, I think that you know, what's he, what's he been in the NFL, like three years. And Mm -hmm. the first year, the first year, as I recall, um, he was, he was used a lot, um, on the, on the outside. Uh, and then when he was, when he went to the next year, um, it was almost like he was getting used to another position because then he became slot slot you know like his mm-hmm. if, if he was uh if he was like an 80% outside guy in his first year he became an 80% slot guy in his second year but what's interesting to me is that last year you know update it to last year his third year and you know he he looked good he looked good um when he when he would have to be used as like a safety or um, when he'd have to be put in the box or something like that, and uh, and yeah, he still played a lot of slot, but but he, you know, it, it, it's just it's just interesting to me the 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 um, progression of his. But the bottom line is what I'm saying is that he's played everywhere mm-hmm. for this team, and um, and I think that that's notable because. You know when you see what he did, for example, last year in preseason, you'd have been convinced that he was moving a wide corner again, hmm. you know, that he was that he was going to the outside again. And so I think that you you're talking about they're just regarding him at some point, it's not about specialists, it's not about plugging, you know, this square into this square hole. Um, it becomes about the player. And I think that if Byron Jones were to go down or Xavier Howard or something like that, then it's Nick Needham. It's Nick Needham moving over and taking a different role. And I think that that's, um, that's just because of the player that he is and, and the spot that he's earned more in a, on a rotation basis on a, or a pecking order basis than, um, than a specific position.
1: Would you read into anything into this that Trill Williams has played free safety before and has played free safety for this team in preseason before? While Noah monogamy seems to be pigeonholed as a boundary corner. Yeah,
3: I would read a lot into it because I mean, clearly they like uh Trill Williams's uh, his I mean I said this before, it's like there's a reason, you know, for him it seems arrow up for Ig Monogany, it seems stuck in mud. And um, and one of the reasons that you'll get you'll always get an arrow up with coaching staffs is when you play multiple positions and he, and he can play multiple positions, but I I think Trill is being looked at as a wide corner. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and that's what, I mean, it sounds like if he, if six on the, you know, you can't say it, but he was playing wide corner. Uh, (laughs) Um, you know, and, and I think that, um, I think that, yeah, this is, his the fact that he's being been used or been able to be used, and he had a history in college too, so, um, uh, of being moved uh, between multiple positions as well. So, um, so yeah, that, that's definitely a check mark in his favor. Um, but yeah, Nick Deem, I I kind of expect to be like number just number three, you know, instead of like oh he's our slot man, and I think he's just number three. And yeah. um and then uh, and then then we'll see how the other guys shake out. But I, I don't think there's a, um, a shortage of players on the roster that can play the slot, though.
1: Mm. Uh, you mentioned one of them, Javon Holland. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, his teammate, Verone McKinley, I, I didn't see him do too much out there today, but he has a lot of interest. Like he has fans. I guess they just mm. see that. Oh, you know, he was Javon Holland's teammate. So it must have rubbed, rubbed off on him a little bit. You know what I mean? So, any thoughts on Barone McKinley and why he was a free agent and he didn't get drafted?
3: No, he didn't get drafted. Honestly, I mean, you'd have to ask Simon about uh, about him. He was uh, he was more of a he was more of a fan and, and watched more of them than I did in college. I will I say
1: this: rate. I have a scouting report from last year, and he had he had a, a fourth, fifth round rating from the the NFL Scouting Combine. So mm-hmm. they liked him enough to actually you know, which is just terrible advice. He, he probably looked at, Oh, wait a minute. I'm a fourth or fifth rounder. You know, first Mm -hmm. of all, he's not going to, he's not going to think he's a fifth rounder. If they tell him that you're a fourth or fifth rounder, he's thinking he's the first pick in the fourth round. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm
3: sure he is, but I mean, don't the way they do those, uh, those grades though, they, they say, they basically say first round, second round, or right. Don't, or, or is it just first round and then, like they don't, they don't, I don't think they give like specific rounds anymore. Um, I don't think so. But the way I, like s- the round.
1: way I see it from, from that, uh, from, from that, uh, that outfit is first second. They have a lot of designations as, you know, top 15 pick, like the obvious mm-hmm. guys. Right. And then there's a lot of first, second round designations. Then there's a lot of second thirds. Then there's a lot of fourth, fifths, and then there are no six sevenths. Mm-hmm. It's either fourth, fifth or UDFA or late pick types. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you know, he has good numbers, four, four, nine, and in the 40. You know, I guess his his size is also good. 5'10, 195 pounds listed. You know, if if he's all all of that 5'10, then that's pretty good. But you know, he had good numbers. He had six interceptions in a season for Oregon. The and it was oddly enough, it was the year he stepped in for Javon, Javon Holland. Mm-hmm. You know, so he had good numbers in college. So yeah, it's he's an interesting type, but I'd like to see more. We haven't seen, you know, we have to see him actually play. And I'll be able to comment more on Saturday. I'll have my binoculars on him when he's in coverage. You know, we 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 can all guess where you know he's probably playing, which unit he's probably playing in. But let's let's, let's, let's
3: make this let's make this simple though for the for the listeners. Um, who caught your eye the most on offense today? Of anybody, anybody hmm did really just because of who he is and how
1: he's built and how he moves yeah it's uh it's it's one of those things a- an actual play you know uh, jalen waddle had a couple of flashy plays and tyree kill is tyree kill you, you just watch him run around and you're like wow this guy's like really 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 fast <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> i'll give you one look i'll give you one under the radar under the radar okay. guy you know okay. who look really, really slim and fast and athletic? Adam Shaheen. Did he? Yes. Interesting. He, uh, that guy looks like he consulted somebody and somebody told him, you know what? Drop 15 pounds and you're gonna look <laughs> great in camp, and that's gonna help you. Oh. And yeah, he looked nice and slim and and he had a good he caught a pass. And what what I like to see is when tight ends extend their stride that they're actually going places. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. here's one thing uh derm Smythe, when he extends his his stride uh, everybody just catches up to him and all he creates is a big giant ball of humanity you know what i'm saying (laughs) right i like guys that when they extend their stride that people reach at them you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah and adam shaheen had that had that type of play today where you could see like wait a minute i actually run to to catch this guy Mm -hmm. you know it's it's it was a flashy play it was just one play but it was flashy on defense, yeah. you know, it was Troy Williams.
3: He always has been as well, but he always Williams. has been that though. In college, I mean, that's that's he's a he's a pass he's a pass catching um, playmaker. I mean, he's not to be confused with a Durham Smythe, um, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, so that that's interesting, especially if he, you know, it's true that he's lost some weight. Um, you say Solomon Kinley's lost some weight. Yes. Uh and you know, obviously guys that just sort of look like who they are, just very, very impressive athletes, would be ter- you know, Teron Armstead and
1: Tyreek Hill. And oh, and I'll give you another one. Another one that Haley looks very fast too. Connor Williams, yeah. man. Wow. Like yeah, he's like, he's he's built well. He's Billwell. a specimen. Yeah, absolutely. Moves smooth. Mm, one thing I did yeah. like about Connor Williams, he gave one because I was watching the snaps because I'm like, you know, he's center now, right? Mm-hmm. And there was one snap that I looked at it and I'm like, it kind of looked funky. You know what I mean? Because remember, it's a left-handed quarterback. You want to hit him on his left nipple. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so that way it's an easy transition to throw the, the the football. And I saw one snap where maybe it was right nipple-ish. You know what I mean? It was off. And right away, you know, like th- th- their their rep was gone and here came... Well, I don't think I'm I'm revealing anything. Yes. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Tua Tungvaloa and Connor Williams are on the first team. OK, so here came the second team and Connor Williams took Tua to the side and said, you know what, let's snap the ball, mm-hmm. you know, and they tried to get that together. But, yeah, he looked great on the defensive side of the ball. Tro Williams. I already you know, mentioned that yeah, a bunch yeah, of yeah. times.
3: So he really you really had a stand out that you think he's going to come in with an orange uh, jersey tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I'm calling it. And If he doesn't come out with an orange jersey, I'm gonna look like a complete idiot. But I'll look like an idiot with the rest of the beat who's saying he was he looked great today. You know, but, and uh, um,
3: and if so, tomorrow, like I don't know if you were able to watch him watch today, but like, um, Mike Gesicki and his blocking, like, not. I mean, listen, they're padless, so we know that. Um, but his Technique, I guess I would say, uh, the way he sits and is blocking. Like, I don't know if you would have seen that today, but that's that's something that'll be very very interesting to take a look at. If
1: that's you, a that's if, a great observation. Catch... Look uh, for for you fans out there on Saturday. If you're going to go out there on Saturday, this is what you want to watch on a tight end when a tight end is uh, in a three point. No, I don't think I'm revealing too much here. This is just wide zone stuff. If he's in a three point stance and he's outside of the defensive end, he has to throw his left flipper out in front of the defensive end and then basically wall him off to the sideline. The quicker you do that, even if you get completely run over and destroyed, that's fine. That works. Mm -hmm. You just want the guy that does that. You do not want the guy that extends his hands. You don't want that Mm -hmm. because you essentially just blew your whole position. Now, I don't know if Mike is going to be in that spot. I think Durham Smythe is really good at doing something like that. He's good at getting his left flipper out in front of the defensive end. But that's where you want to see. You want to see a tight end do that consistently. The guys that do that will play for us and will play a lot of snaps for us. Uh, On the way out, uh, Tommy Heatherly, the backup pointer, he's wearing number 59. This guy's hopeless, right? Hopeless? I would say so. Thomas Morse. He's, he's picking a he's
3: picking a fight with Morsta. That's for on Twitter. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we saw that. Right. They were going back yeah. and forth like that. Mm-hmm. That's that, like that had the, the, the possibility to be epic. And then I saw the guy wearing a number fifty nine today. I'm like, wait a minute, we have a new long snapper. And sure enough, no, no. Uh, Blake Ferguson is still out there. Tommy Heatherly is the backup punter and he's wearing number fifty nine. Like if that's not a bad sign, I don't know what is. Right, like that, that guy should not, he shouldn't even sign. Oh man, I
3: don't, know, man. I, don't I, I, everything I ever thought I knew about numbers was thrown out the window when they, uh, when they just made
1: it like hey, incredible. Trill Williams wore 51 last year. I mean, for, for, for fuck's sake, <laughs> think about everything. It. And this everything year, we're putting him in the Hall of Fame. This year, we have him, we have him making all pro this year, and That's he right. wore, he wore 51 last year
3: you know i mean and that's that's so seriously because we you the sort of the sort of judgment you just made just now like you know about a guy's like oh based on his number he probably doesn't have a shot um that was that was somewhat valid in in previous years like you could you could kind of tell <laughs> like, um and and you know just by just by how it worked with the equipment manager and getting, getting the number and stuff but um Ugh. it's all out the window now everybody's everybody's every number yeah it's like candy.
1: like like if you saw a wide receiver with the number 62 that that guy's screwed you know what I mean yeah I mean he's,
3: <laughs> he's he's probably yeah he's he's next next stop is uh is they're gonna ask him to you know clean the facilities
1: yeah I will say this I will say this and this is also not revealing anything Thomas Morse said look better he just looked better he looks like a pro uh he was doing some he was doing some of that those parlor tricks that that punters do, but I will not handicap punting ever again, because last year Michael Polardi was an absolute punning demon in, in preseason. And, and we all saw how a, the, and then he
3: turned into a demon, an actual demon. Yeah. Then we saw time. what his
1: season turned out. So, yeah. and these punters, all of these punters can do these parlor tricks. And uh, Thomas Morstead today was doing a really interesting one where he was like, okay, uh, you want me to punt inside the 10 yard line? I'll punt this one end over end. Right. And you're looking at, it you're like, okay, that's an ugly punt. And then you realize, wait a minute, He's doing it on purpose. Yep. And sure enough, he gets it to bounce like around the eight-yard line and it skips toward the the, the the end zone, and which allows your team to catch up to it around the two or the three. And then you're like, okay, well, that's just one that he hit end over end. And then you see the very next one, he's hitting a perfect spiral that's hitting out of bounds at the five-yard line. And then he does it on the other side of the field. And you're like, okay, he's actually doing this shit on purpose. Like this is a real skill, people. <laughs> you know? It's like watching.
3: Sometimes it's interesting to watch that guys like that at work. Because it's also interesting to watch the long snappers at work. <laughs> because as much as we just never think about the long snapper, it's, there's there's actually quite an impressive amount of um, of uh, skill that that they can put on display. I mean, if you're going to be a long snapper in the NFL, you're going to make a million dollars just to snap the goddamn ball.
2: Uh, <laughs> yes. You
3: better be. You better. You better be fucking like Billy the Kid with those uh, firing off those snaps. I mean, I have it, a friend you
1: know, of mine. I have a friend of mine whose son was a really, really good football player here locally. He played tight end, and uh, he actually got a, a full ride to Florida Tech into becoming an engineer, right? Mm-hmm. But what he, when he was at Florida Tech, playing at Florida Tech, uh, his father told him, you got to practice long snapping. Make sure you do that. And he was like, why? Uh, why do I have to? And, <laughs> and my friend told him, because you could get a 20-year career in the NFL, you asshole practice long snapping and it's true like you could come out of florida tech and if you're just good at long snapping you know instead he's now a 6'3 240 pound uh civil engineer Ah, yeah, well god bless right all right I Chris. I, I bet he'd rather be a long snapper <laughs> i
3: make, would say so him, Long making a million about, dollars a year. A million yeah. dollars a year.
1: Yeah, he may he, yeah. As a long snapper, he would be making four times what a civil engineer makes. So, yes, yes. yeah, absolutely. He'd rather be a long snapper. Look at John Denny. John Denny probably can own a, an island. You know In fact, that's a great fucking exercise. How much money did can we, John Denny can we make? Contact
3: in his John. Can we cut? Co- well, yes, we should tally up what he made, but we should contact John Denny and ask him if he owns his own island
1: i'm pretty sure he does he 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 was a long snapper for 23 years man that's a lot of money man that's a lot of interest maybe he was a really good trader maybe you know maybe he bought the right stock all the time you know what i mean can you imagine that like if you're a long snapper i always have that i have like these pictures in my mind of who these people are i picture Mm -hmm. like the long snapper is the best stock trader on the team no yeah i mean yeah no I, i think you're not wrong I think yeah, you know. he's probably the stock picker. He's he's who like the high price defensive tackle. He's the guy who Aaron Donald goes to and says, man, what should I buy? You know what I mean? You know, I just got this 60 million dollar check because I just signed an extension. You know, I, I what was looking I at it, it, it.
3: I was looking at it and I think I think that John Denny has made somewhere in the range of like it's it's very it's got to be very close to this um i think he's made somewhere in the range of 10 million nine to 10 million dollars in his career
1: huh, kind of disappointing
3: <laughs> yeah i mean uh, well uh, so i mean they say career eight million dollars but uh, maybe, you know, maybe it could it could be that but i'm I'm like just trying to add these numbers but um but uh over the cap says eight 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 point two million 8.2 million dollars in his career not a bad career for a guy that, who just gets on a football field and snaps the ball
1: yeah not bad all right that's gonna to have to be it we went extremely long today all yeah right. but we had a lot to talk about while you know our our co-host Simon Clancy is somewhere in Colombia say it one more time before we leave I wish Chris. that I were in Colombia perfect that's two for two people that's a pro at work all right talk to you next week
3: Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean or your usual podcast provider.